0: Our monthly and one time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Bielas. Wherever you are on your journey to glorify God, we are so glad you're here. On the Journeywoman podcast, we'll come alongside you in the seasons and challenges of life to move you to know and love God in His Word, to find your hope in the gospel, and to invest deeply in your local church as you go out on mission for the glory of God. Today, we're talking to my friend Melissa Kruger about navigating hardships— if you don't know her, Melissa serves as Vice President of Discipleship Programming for the Gospel Coalition. She's an author, wife to Dr. Michael Krueger, who's been on the podcast in the past, and mother to three beautiful kids. Melissa's experience, wisdom, and biblical encouragement will infuse courage within you in whatever you're walking through today. But before we go there, I want to say a big thank you to those of you who support Journey Women Ministries by donating to the podcast. With your help, we are coming alongside more women to move them to know and love God, and we are so grateful. If you'd like to help us, you can do so at journeywomenpodcast.com forward slash give. Melissa Kruger, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Hunter. It's so good to be here
1: third time's the charm. And is it the third time?
0: <laughs> That's right,
1: because we did one at, the, at TGC. That's right. Yes. So yes.
0: Fun. It has been so much fun knowing you through this just avenue. I'm just so grateful. I think I interviewed you without knowing you very well and then had the opportunity to go to the Gospel Coalition Women's Conference, the last two conferences, and I'll be there in the summer next year, 2024, again. So you serve as the VP of discipleship programming for the Gospel Coalition. Is that right? That's
1: correct. Yeah.
0: You have a beautiful family who I really just adore, especially your oldest daughter and your husband's been on the podcast too. You guys are just a powerhouse couple for the Lord, truly. And that's really your passion is just to build up the church for the glory of God. And so I'm so grateful that you would join us again today just to talk about what it looks like to be on that journey when it feels really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Before we go there, though, Melissa, I just want to tell everybody that I've recently had the chance to endorse a brand new book that you have coming out next year called Parenting with Hope, Raising Teens for Christ in a Secular Age. And Melissa, thank you so much for writing this book. I don't yet have a teen, but I was telling you that Hadley, my oldest, is almost nine. And I feel like it's such a great book to read in preparation for the teen years. Also going to be a great book to reread when I have a teenager. And this is like an unserved demographic, I feel.
1: I agree. I've been shocked at how little is out there, especially by moms, for moms. And I, I feel like the teen years kind of snuck up on me. We were talking about this earlier and I was like, whoa, I I got, I've got to shift my parenting. And it, I, I just wasn't prepared for the twists and turns. And so I tried to write it while I still remembered. (laughs) <laughs> because 100%. I, think, I think in five years, I won't remember the teen years, you know, it, it goes so quickly and it's, it's hard to remember. And so I'm, I'm super thankful it's done because I'll, I'll be honest. It was, it was painful. I, it, it, it was the hardest book I've written because I really? think I'm in tender places with people in my real life when it comes to parenting teens. And so I know this journey can be really difficult, um, for a lot of people. So how do you talk about hope in the midst of the hard? And um, and that's that's hopefully what it does. And I hope it'll be encouragement.
0: And that's exactly what we're going to do today. But I also want to say that you... Do hearken back to past seasons quite well because you're one of my favorite children's book authors and you have a brand new one out called Lucy and the Saturday Surprise. It's so cute. My kids absolutely loved reading it and they do love all of the other children's books that you have written. In fact, you are the queen of rhyme and my hat is off. To no, you are so. the queen
1: of rhyme. <laughs> that, that, no, I will not take that. We'll we'll be we'll be co heirs together. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll do it together. I love that you're doing that too. I just love fun kids books. You know, me
0: too. You can tell that we've both read a lot of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Things in life are not always filled with Dr. Seuss and laughing, and so we were talking just about what would serve women who need a real dose of refreshment and who just feel weary in the work that the Lord has set before them. So how does hardship play into the Christian life? Melissa, I know that you have walked through seasons that are hard How does that actually play into our life as Christians?
1: Yeah, well, I think it is one of those things that is in Scripture that we kind of brush by really quickly. Yeah, when you hear Jesus say, in this world, you will have trouble. But Mm. take heart, I've overcome it. We kind of like to focus on that second part. Like, oh, (laughs) he's overcome it. So it's, no, no, but in this world, you will have trouble. And I think... I am so thankful as I look back on my walk with the Lord to have verses Mm -hmm. like that, because I think we can all suddenly buy into a health wealth gospel as we walk with God and as we serve God in whatever capacity we're serving God. And we can kind of think, I'm doing this for you, Lord, aren't you going to help me out? Mm -hmm. You know, like... I'm leading Bible study this week. So my kids shouldn't get sick or I'm putting on this big, you know, church picnic. So surely everything will go well and nobody will squabble and all these things. But time and time again, you see in scripture that our service to God is still marked by really hard things. Um, And we Mm -hmm. see that in the life of Christ, you know, his disciples kept not getting what he was there for. But he had to keep saying to them again and again, I was just reading the story of the feeding of the 5,000, which comes just after he had fed them before. This is in the gospel of Mark. And the disciples are like, so there are all these people, Jesus, and how are we going to do this? And he's kind of like, don't you remember we just did this? But, you know, ministry is just it's full of hard things. It's full of not sometimes knowing what we're to do next. And I think we think it will be because we want to serve God with our lives that we think it will be easy. But I don't think that's what scripture tells us. That's kind of what our own hearts want to tell us.
0: Yeah, actually, my pastor is preaching through First Peter right now. And it's been such a great reminder of what it looks like for us to live life as exiles, like chosen exiles. You know, there's that portion that says, like, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been grieved by various trials. So certainly, like, the New Testament believers had a lot of hardship, a lot of hardship. And you think, like, I'm disrupted so easily, Melissa. <laughs> It's yeah. like insane how easily I'm disrupted. Are there any other examples of hardship in ministry that are from like the text that you kind of recall to mind as you're walking through personal hardships in your life?
1: Yeah, the passage that comes to mind me, to me the most, I'm just going to read it because it's kind of overwhelming. It's 2 Corinthians, it's Paul writing to the Corinthians, and uh-huh. he says, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes less once. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night and hunger and thirst often without food and cold and exposure and apart from other things there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches okay so <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> when you read it it's really rough i mean you know like he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't put up ministry with a bow around it
0: that's so good and it's honestly such an encouragement and it seems like Maybe he expected that. Maybe he didn't think that we shouldn't be experiencing hardship. Because I think a lot of times for myself, I feel like if I have any hardship at all, if it's, like, difficult, then maybe I just shouldn't be doing it, you know? Do you struggle with that? Absolutely. Like, oh, I'm, I'm facing some degree of opposition here. Like, maybe this is the Lord, you know, moving me in a different direction.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. I And again, this goes to this functional, like health, wealth, almost gospel that we don't believe. You know, we don't believe that, right. but I live in this. If it's hard, I must be doing something wrong, which is exactly the opposite of what Christ said. He's like, if you're going to follow after me, take up your cross yeah. and follow me. That was a literal cross. He was talking to me, giving <laughs> these words like that's what he he said. And so I think, and if you look at every one of the apostles, yeah, they suffered I mean, he said, you're yes. going to, and he, and Jesus actually warned them um, when he was walking with them on the, on the night before he died. He actually said, the hour is coming whenever, whomever kills you will think he's offering a service to God. Wow. So, so they're going to actually think they're doing the right thing to persecute you, mm-hmm. you know? And I mean, so there's this time and again scripture and Jesus himself is telling us this. And then the example of the New Testament is this. And somehow, historically, Christianity survived.
0: Isn't that incredible?
1: You know, the disciples are being killed left and right. Those who follow Jesus are being persecuted. And and if anything could attest the validity of what we serve, this should have been squelched in the first century. Mm -hmm. And yet it's become this religion that is reaching people all over the globe. I I mean, even though it's faced persecution after persecution after persecution. And so I think it's kind of amazing. But it's almost uh, part of our family resemblance with our Savior is that we will suffer. And I think Mm. when we have that expectation, it really transforms how we suffer in ministry. Um, And I think that's really important because when I go in with the expectation that Satan is going to come after me, the world's going to hate what I'm doing, it actually empowers me to be courageous in it. When I'm Mm -hmm. caught unaware, when my expectations are smooth sailing, then I'm thinking I'm doing something wrong. But when I actually expect it to come, I feel a little bit like Joshua going into the promised land where where God's saying, be strong and courageous because I'm with you. Um, And when I hear that, I have courage. But when I kind of think it should be easy, I can get really quickly discouraged.
2: I know it can be so hard to do what Melissa said, to see suffering as part of the territory of being in the family of God, part of our family resemblance with our Savior. But truly, hardship is part of the Christian life. Suffering, in fact is promised to the believer. 1 Peter 4:12 through13 says, "Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you as to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, so that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. God does not promise a life of ease on this side of heaven. He does, however, promise deep abiding peace and joy in Christ amidst the suffering we experience. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Friends, we have the very presence of this Savior who truly knows our weakness and the pain of our suffering. That is how we can, as Romans 5 3 4 says rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Because we know that this God is Emmanuel, God with us, we can count our hope on this God. We can trust Him. Friends, if we believe that God is fully in control, which He is, and if we believe that He is holy and deserving of glory, which He is, and if we know that He has a plan to bring about our ultimate good and His glory, which He does, then we can trust that even our suffering is a perfect part of His plan to bring about that glory and goodness, and that even in our suffering, His presence upholds and sustains us. Our life and our ministry might be characterized by pain and suffering, but if we are in Christ, we can know that all of this is true. And that is why we are able to have immense joy in the time of suffering, because Christ himself is our present joy and our future hope.
0: You know, what's been such an encouragement to me lately is just reading missionary biographies and seeing how hard it was for them. And I think, like you mentioned, looking back at scripture and really trying to acknowledge, like, what was it like for them back then? But what about us now? Like, what might contribute to seasons of hardship in ministry in 2023? You know, many of our listeners are in the United States, but we also have a lot of listeners who are overseas. I imagine they could speak to this in very different ways. But for us in the U.S., what might contribute to seasons of hardship in ministry?
1: Yeah, I think historians or theologians have often talked about the enemies of the Christian faith being the world, the flesh, and the devil. And I think those are always coming at us. And I actually would say, in the U.S., in an uh-huh. affluent culture, one of the things that is our, our probably greatest weakness is our reliance on material goods, And I I really do think the wealth we have can actually sometimes be what softens us so that we never have to learn to depend on the Lord. Mm -hmm. You you know, we're really used to being able to solve our problems on our own. When Mm. I pray for my meal at night, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, let's thank the Lord. I didn't travel a day to get that meal. you know, I'm probably sitting there thinking, I probably shouldn't eat all this. You know, it, like, you yeah like, I mean, like uh, our wealth sometimes, and I'm speaking generally, but the West is probably one of the wealthiest societies that's mm-hmm. ever been. I mean, we have food ready, like just in ways that no other society have ever had. um, so that whole dependence upon the Lord, almost gets hijacked from us, like that daily dependence mm-hmm. on where am I going to get food to eat? You know, how am I going to find shelter? All of those things, we've kind of alleviated in a lot of ways the dependence upon the Lord. We think, oh, I need to get a job to get those things. You know, like right. it's up to me to make sure I have those things. And so I think sometimes the very blessings that we have can actually weaken us in our dependence upon the Lord and and be... Mm-hmm kind of surprising things. But I also think the scriptures tell us that Satan roams like a roaring lion looking for something to devour, Yeah. and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy the people of God. And I I really do think he comes at us with temptation. Um, We're Mm. tempted toward things, and that can just Uh get us completely away from ministry. So that can be its own hardship. But I also think our own flesh can really be a hardship in ministry that sometimes we don't talk that much about like sometimes i just don't want to do hard things
0: exactly
1: i can be my own biggest discouragement i can lose sight of the reality that time here is short and i want Mm -hmm. to use it for selfish reasons i want to do what i want to do and i want to have my life and just have my safe little world and i don't want to risk my life for the kingdom Mm. and that's because i'm not living with an eternal perspective i'm forgetting hey this is the time we can actually work yeah, you know, a day is coming when there'll be mm-hmm. no more ability to share the gospel. Like there'll be no more ability to do to, to try to reach the nations for Christ. And so today is the day that we can do that and we can do that gladly. And I think often we just, you know, we we get off, off course because mm-hmm. of our own desires. And so those yeah. are actually a little bit different than just there's also like division in the church. I mean, there are all these things that I think we think about a lot, but I would say what's going on in me. And the attacks of the, of the enemy can be really profound as we seek to serve God.
0: Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving Word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. One of the things I love about your bio is that you talk about just wanting to be faithful to the Lord. And I wonder, Melissa, how much of our expectation management comes from living in this culture where we have this idea of what it looks like to be quote unquote successful in ministry. And maybe we see like, This church that's just growing out the wazoo and our church is like small and tiny, or maybe we publish a book and we see somebody else's book hit the number one on Amazon. And we have these expectations of what ministry ought to look like. And I wonder if that gap between expectations and reality in our ministry, quote unquote, or whatever work the Lord has set before us might lend itself to some like, personal despair or discontentment with our own work. Could you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I think that's huge. I think we can see what other people are doing. And I think there could be a real temptation that if I'm not the best at something, I should just quit Mm
2: -hmm. rather
1: than I'll just serve faithfully where I am. And yeah, I, I, I can remember. I'll be honest. I'll tell an honest story. I went to the first TGCW Women's Conference I went to as an attendee. It was in 2012. And my friend kept telling me about one particular speaker who was going to be speaking. She's like, she's my favorite speaker. Come, come hear her with me. And so I go and I sit in the audience and I hear her teach. And I'll be honest, I sat there thinking, I'm never going to teach again. I cannot teach wow. like that, you know? And thankfully, I feel like the Holy Spirit intervened. And um, and this teacher is amazing, yeah, I can, I can tell you who it is if you want me to. She is phenomenal. She's <laughs> I ph- have some guesses. Pheno- I have some guesses. She's phenomenal. I mean, it's Paige Ben Brown. And I remember yes. thinking, just listening to her and, and just knowing even her story and, you know, her parents both do ministry and different things like that. And just being able to rejoice instead. Yeah. At, this is a covenant child who yeah. everything that was invested in her from the moment she was born. This mm. is the fruit of a child who's grown up in a covenant home. So rather yeah. than see my own insufficiencies in that moment, it was like the eye, my eyes turned to this is a beautiful thing that the Lord has done. But if I had stayed in my, my focus, me, Melissa, focus, I, I would never have taught again. I would have been like, I'm not yeah. that good. So I'm just going to quit. And, you know... We just can't live that way. We just need to build the kingdom where we're called to build and let the, yes. the rest go. If we're doing managing, you know just a little bit, if i'm if I'm helping my child memorize scripture today, and that's my call, that's the kingdom work I'm doing today. Yes. you know, or if I'm helping two thousand kids through a book like your book's doing memorize scripture, that's my call for today. Both mm-hmm. are. Just, it, mm-hmm. What matters not is the work as much as who we're working for. And when yeah. I can shift my focus to I'm working for the King, yeah, then then it changes everything.
2: I don't know what it is that makes you weary. Maybe it's the monotony of your daily work, changing another diaper, sending another email, making another copy edit, pouring another latte. Maybe it's the overwhelm of what is set before you the magnitude of tasks that need to be done, the weight of responsibility to raise godly children, the crushing pressure you feel at work. Regardless of where you are, I hope you'll hear Melissa's encouragement to simply serve faithfully where you are, not to look to the right or to the left at what he or she is doing, but as the proverb says, to let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. It can be so easy in our life and ministry To get caught up in comparison or overwhelm or shame or discontent, you name it, the emotions can flood in and they can bring along with them so much weariness. Perhaps remembering Melissa's encouragement to think less of the worth of the work we're doing and more of who we're working for. We are working for the King. Everything we do is valuable. Every life we engage is an eternal soul. Every task we set our hand to has eternal meaning. It's this truth that can give us endurance, even amidst hardships in life and in ministry. So I pray that even today, you would find the strength to see the value of the work the Lord has set before you, whatever it is, because of who you are doing that work for. We are simply called to be faithful to Him. He is both the one we are working for and the one who sustains us in that work. So even in your weariness, May the Spirit give you the strength to simply look to Christ and to serve Him faithfully.
0: So tell me what helps you kind of wade through the waters of your own heart and anchor yourself in truth as you're navigating all these various hardships.
1: Yeah, the verse I turn to the most is 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always Mm. abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. So there's Mm -hmm. that verse, but that verse comes on the tail end of Paul talking about the resurrection. Hmm. And he's saying death has been defeated. And yeah, he's saying, where, oh, death is your sting? And he's saying, no, Christ was really raised from the dead. So therefore, nothing that you give up, if you die in this world, it doesn't matter because Christ was raised from the dead. And so therefore, whatever we do here, if it's done for the Lord, it's not in vain because we have eternity. Yeah, hmm. so, so we're taking... These things, we've been entrusted with a life here, and we're mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to live for that one. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, no, that's not foolishness. That's actually yeah. wisdom. Uh, the world will say we're fools for Christ, but that's the wisdom of the Lord. And so that's what always spurs me on is that, you know, I've got one life to live. I don't want to live it for that life that's to come.
0: Yeah, that eternal perspective. I mean, that's exactly referencing back to 1 Peter. That's exactly what he's talking about, too. Like, the hope of heaven. So, how do you keep that eternal perspective? You know, just when you're, like, bogged down in the very mundane tasks that come with the work that the Lord has given us, like you referenced. I mean, a lot of times when I find myself in a season of hard, it's when I do feel a lot of discouragement about the practical tasks that I continue to do. (laughs) Like maybe the lack of fruit that I'm seeing in and through those tasks. Like how do you lift your eyes to heaven and remember that hope that we have?
1: Well, let me first say, there are a lot of tears. I I mean, Mm. you know, and I think that's part of it. I mean, I could start crying right now talking, Mm. talking about these things. Um, I never want to, I never want to present or act like these hardships don't come without real pain. I am sure Mm -hmm. when Paul was beaten, he felt real pain. He felt real anxiety for, for the churches. He felt real hunger. He felt real thirst. Like, I don't ever want to separate that from pain. One thing that helps me, um, and, and I really do say to this to myself, is I'm being counted worthy to suffer mm-hmm. for the gospel. That the Lord has entrusted this suffering to me, may I glorify you in it. And that changes things because yeah. I, I'm not following a, a Savior who doesn't didn't taste this. You know, he tasted everything we we might endure and he did it for us. So if we are then being entrusted with the suffering, that to, to think of it as an entrusting um, and knowing and knowing that one day all will be made right. I, I, I do think that is this hope that we keep reminding each other about. But I also want to say, and I, I think you were alluding to this earlier. It's not only that sometimes when it gets hard, we want to quit. I mm-hmm. sometimes we... Maybe wrongly encourage one another to quit. Right. And sometimes it's like, wow, this looks really hard. Why do you keep, like, I I will say, some of my friends sometimes are like, I don't know why you keep doing this stuff. Yeah. And we can discourage one another rather than saying, hey, I'm going to pray. I know Jesus is going to provide. And I'm going to pray mm. for you that he will. And so sometimes it's coming alongside and being the people who are holding up Moses's arms while Joshua is fighting the battle. Yeah. Yeah. And being those kind of friends to one another, I think, can really matter, too. I really think that
0: getting like a theology of suffering, like really understanding, hey, this is what the life of the Christian looks like. This is how it's portrayed. In the New Testament, like we would be able to offer one another much deeper encouragement than continuing to try and I don't know press into the everyday self help stuff that we see on Instagram to give each other a word to you know set our boundaries better. I don't know. I just that's a hot take, but I'm like I am encouraged. Even as you're talking, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm thinking about Philippians. You know, you have another study on Philippians. And that whole book just about how do we have joy in the midst of suffering, you know, like, let's get into our Bibles and really be able to offer each other really life-sustaining truths as we navigate hardships and ministry. Um, tell me, Melissa, what it is that helps you make sense of unique hardships and ministry and just to persevere in a God-glorifying manner. You've referenced just keeping your eyes fixed on eternity. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that just helps you keep going when you feel like you're gritting it out?
1: It's funny, I emailed my team, or I voxed my team, which voxes uh-huh. like a walkie-talkie app, which I know you're on as well.
0: Oh, yeah. Love it. We
1: are heading in, as we're recording this, we're heading into yes. a conference week. And so I actually, now at this point, this is the benefit of like years of walking with the Lord. It doesn't mean you're, yeah, I mean, you see all your mess even more in some ways, but <laughs> I know how the enemy attacks better, if, th- if that huh. makes sense. So I could call them and say, right. hey. This week, be prepared. Your kids will probably get sick.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, like for me right now, my dog is not eating. And I don't know why. Oh, He's on no. a three-day dog not eating thing. And so, of course, I'm like, why this week? Why this week? <laughs> of course it's this week. Your car will probably oh. break down. Things will happen that just feel extremely inconvenient. And they, surprisingly, huh. it's like you burn the toast and you're like, I'm quitting all ministry. I'm going to stop <laughs> doing a podcast because the toast bur- Yeah, Yeah. I can't handle my life. And it comes out in, in something as insignificant as, you know, you spill coffee all over your shirt or something and you decide totally. I'm, I'm done. And I think being able to just remind one another. And so I just sent this box to, to my friends and said, let's be on our guard and let's cheer yeah. each other on. And I think that's what these new Testament letters continually do. Be on your guard and remember to encourage one another. All of this is worth it. And so if we're going to do this well, think about how often we'll share like, hey, I got this new lipstick color. You should try it out. (laughs) I, I, yeah, Or whatever that we're encouraging one another in. What if we were doing it in, hey, what you're doing really matters? Keep Mm. at it. Like, you you know, to to just cheer each other on. And I don't think we do that enough in the Christian faith. I think sometimes we're so worried to guard. I don't want Hunter to feel prideful about our podcast. So I'm not going to encourage her in it. That is crazy Mm. talk. I I should be to every person who has an outpost for the kingdom. Let's cheer Mm. them on. Yes,
0: 100%. Yeah,
1: everybody's getting attacked at their own little, yeah, if it's reaching the moms at your preschool, if it's going to help with the homeless, everyone's getting attacked at wherever they're serving. So let's cheer each other on in it and say, hey, what you're doing matters. Keep at it.
0: Truly. I love this encouragement just to be in community, to ask other people to come alongside you in these hard seasons, and then to have our eyes open for how we can encourage others. And this could be as simple as, you know, my some of my children are in speech pathology and just watching the speech pathologists go in and get another kid after another kid and I just grabbed her the other day and just looked in her eyes and I said the work that you're doing matters mm-hmm. like thank you so much for serving all of our kids or you know, people in our church that are doing unseen work week after week that we just expect to be done. You may be that person listening right now who puts together the children's lessons that everybody complains about. Thank you for the service that you're doing for the body, you know, and send them a message. That work matters. What does dinner time look like in your house? Is it a little chaotic and crazy like it is at mine? Let me tell you about Prep Dish and how they can help you simplify your evenings. You've probably heard us talk about Prep Dish in the past, and maybe you've thought, man, I just don't have time to meal prep. But let me tell you, with Prep Dish, meal prepping for the whole week honestly takes just about one hour with their super fast plan and about two hours for the gluten free, paleo, and low carb meal plans. If you need a change in how you handle dinner time at your house, You have got to try PrepDish. You'll serve up delicious meals that your family will love like green chili burgers, Caesar salmon wraps, and apricot glazed chicken thighs. Right now, the founder, Allison, is offering our listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. You can't beat that. Check out PrepDish.com forward slash journey for this great deal. Again, that's PrepDish.com forward slash journey for your first two weeks free i'm also very encouraged melissa just by your encouragement to be in our bibles that's such a basic thing that we just continually come back to but how are we going to offer biblical encouragement to one another and also be encouraged by the word if we don't spend time in it i think often like as we are having seasons of hardship, sometimes that comes with like circumstances that are really difficult, which might draw us away from the scriptures. How as a mom to three kids, you know, a woman that has like a vibrant ministry and is doing lots of different things as you face hardship, like what does it look like for you to prioritize time with the Lord in your Bible?
1: Mm. It has got to be a non negotiable it wow. has, it has, I, I can't say that enough. It has got to be more important than brushing your teeth, <laughs> making healthy meals or working out. Like on, all those are good things. We prioritize a lot of good things, but I am, I am more convinced if I want to hear those wo- words and I want to hear those words, well done. Mm. I'm going to cry. Good and faithful servant. mm. We have to be in our in, the, in our Bibles, mm-hmm. and if I could say anything to people listening, the only strength you will have when hardships come are the Spirit empowered words of Jesus that Jesus Himself said. You know, this is more important than bread. That your mm. word gives life, and we do not understand how. I cannot understand why the words of this book somehow are used. To give us life. But I know, as the psalmist said, my comfort and my suffering is this. Yes. Your words preserve my life. Your promise my preserves life. my life. You know, yes. and it's true. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you how. But I've walked with Jesus for 30 years now. And I know it's true um, more mm. than I know anything else. And so I I think we find lots of ways to excuse our time not to be in the word. right? But there is time. I've lived a lot of seasons. I've I've walked with Jesus through the teen years. I've walked with Jesus through the college years, in the twenties, starting a new job, being a mom <laughs> of a young kids. There was always time. There was always yeah. time.
0: Yes. Oh, if we have time to scroll around on our phones, (laughs) Melissa, we have got time Uh. to get into the word. And that's an encouragement. I think we have overdone it on the grace front. And we've said, ah, the Lord still loves me, even if I don't get in my Bible. But we've got to acknowledge our need for it like you're doing yourself a disservice not to be in God's word. So thank you for that reminder because you know, I do brush my teeth 3 times a day. It's a problem. So that's such a great tangible reminder. Um I'd love to hear just if you have any passages. I think this would be really helpful for all of us because as we are in If we're in a season of hard, maybe this is a passage that we could turn to, but also we just all know somebody, even if we're not in a season that's hard, that we might be able to use these passages to encourage. For me, like Psalm 23, mm. it's just a classic. It's a go-to. Anytime I have somebody that I'm praying for, especially as they're going through like losing a loved one Mm -hmm. or walking through sickness, I'm like, hey, I am praying that you will know the Lord's nearness like as you walk through the valley Mm -hmm. of the shadow of death. Or if you're going through a hard time, hey, I am praying that the Lord, you'll be reminded that the Lord is your shepherd. Like you Mm -hmm. have what you need Mm -hmm. today. Um, What are some passages that you've clung to in difficult seasons, Melissa?
1: Yeah, that's great. And Psalm 23 is so good. I love Psalm 121. I love Psalm 27, Mm, yes. but the one I want to just put people towards a little bit different, it's Isaiah 58, 11. And it says Mm. this, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, who waters do not fail. Mm. And I can tell you sometimes I think if you've had the experience of walking through scorched places, that's the best descriptive word. It's like something was good and was burned beyond recognition. And, mm. and when you have those places, and there was hope, a land that you hoped and now it's scorched. Yep. And somehow the Lord's guiding you. You're, you're not lost in that. Hmm. You didn't make some awful mistake. Yeah, like the Lord's guiding you and he's going to actually satisfy you and make you strong there. And you are going to be so watered that you're going to be able to refresh others. Oh, you know, you're going to make that score. The Lord in his work through you Mm. is actually going to make you a place of refreshment in the midst of a scorched place. That's so hopeful.
0: Wow that is so helpful like none of it is wasted in fact again you're reminding me of first peter and the fiery trials you're like the lord is going to use these things to purify us to help the dross rise to the surface so that it can be skimmed off so that we might be more effective tools of service in the kingdom of God. That certainly is hopeful, like that these things are not wasted, that the Lord will use them uh, both to draw us to himself and to make us look more like him. That makes my heart feel rested. (laughs) Melissa, what brings you rest in the midst of difficult seasons in ministry?
1: I think um, the knowledge Christ is seated on his throne reigning. That picture in Ephesians, it kind of pulls back the curtain and it says, let's look at the throne room and Christ is seated, you know, high above all things. And he is reigning and it is not chaos. It looks like chaos to us. We don't understand why things happen the way they do. But that one day, that heavenly vision will actually be our lived reality. Like, we will be in his presence. All will be made right. But it's true today. Hmm. Yeah, even though we're not experiencing the fullness yeah. of that reign. I, I mean, it's true. But, yeah. Or the, the peace of his reign, let me say that. It hasn't yet come in fullness. Um, yeah. And that gives me a lot of hope. So that everything he's doing has to have a purpose. Um, Mm. nothing like, just like you said, nothing's wasted. So that knowledge Mm. is the only thing. If I, if I didn't believe that, I think in ministry, Mm. we'd all kind of just give, throw up our hands and quit. Mm. But because I believe that he is always in control and he's using Mm. everything for some good. He promises Mm. that. Yeah, everything He's working all things for the good of those who love him and who've been called according to his purpose. Like, that's true. And and that knowledge, I think, sustains, a, sustains us in the middle of hard hard times.
0: Well, I am so encouraged, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us, even in just the hard season of preparing for another <laughs> ginormous conference next week. It has been such a joy to get to hear from you. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We pray that this episode encourages you to look to the Lord in whatever hardship you're facing today. If you found it helpful, consider listening to the rest of our Rest for the Weary series. These conversations have been such an encouragement to persevere in the work that the Lord has set before me personally, and I pray they do the same for you. Also, if you're looking for Melissa's books or other resources from this series, you can find our Women specific storefront with 10 of those bookstore at the link in our show notes. You can also find all sponsor links and coupon codes mentioned in the podcast at journeywomenpodcast.com forward slash sponsors. As always, thanks for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. Can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.